Welcome in to the Soren Sports Podcast. Today, I am your host, Braden, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, Alan. Join us today as we talk about Australian basketball, the players that have come over to the NBA from Australia, as well as, you know, just the general outview of basketball in Australia, their successes, their downplays, their downsides, things like that is what we're going to be talking about today. And, of course, we're just going to bring you the general basketball news or anything that comes into play as we, if it comes up. You know, we're, we're excited to get talking about this. We're excited to, you know, be here with you guys today. And, of course, you know, we're just excited to generally talk sports with everybody. So, Alan, let's get started. So, uh, let's start with how you doing, man. Ooh, it's always great to start. How's everybody doing? I'm doing well. Um, just... I think mean, the week strong. It to uh, to me it it became a short week just because we just my wife and I just came back from from Arizona after Thanksgiving and just ready for the weekend. Like a lot of stuff going on, but hey, it's always great to to celebrate. Just always celebrate, especially now that my wife and I have been met will be met have been married for on Sunday will be six months, so we're halfway for the year mark and it's. It's awesome, just keeping it one step at a time. You know, that's probably all we can do in today's day and age with uh, COVID rampaging on still. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, been kind of fun. School semester's nearing an end. Alan's graduating. All sorts of fun stuff happening in yeah. our lives this, this year. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, let's talk some basketball and, you know, let's talk about some Australia basketball. Yeah. So, with Australia, um, it's been on the rise for several years. Um, it's been, not like, now considered, like, probably after what's Australian football and obviously football and, like, soccer, but – Basketball has been growing in Australia, and now it's become the second most popular sport in the country, in Australia. So it's just what is it that makes everybody want to play the game and what makes it that they want to really, you know what, represent Australia at the national level. So I think to me, the, the infrastructure, it starts with everything for each nation starts with infrastructure and I don't know if we talked about that um probably not but we can mention it talk about it today infrastructure just plays a huge role into how nations want to per approach a sport and Australia has the perfect infrastructure and they're always willing to adapt and Australia like now you look at them they're they've always been meant they've been mentioned as one of the powerhouses for basketball in the nation and and really you can start from the beginning how it happened and and really it's just it's incredible and to see even the number of Australians now in the NBA yeah you know I'm sure we'll get into it but infrastructure is just as you were saying it's just really important you can't even in just a sports league in general, you can't have a league unless you have some sort of supporting cast for it or some way to get it off the ground to keep it running and support it. Same goes for a country. You can't have any sort of sports league or anything 
unless you had some way to support it and get people interested, market it and get people wanting to do it. And so that I'm sure we'll talk about that in general, but yeah, it's interesting to see how, you know, basketball's really popular in a lot of different countries. And I think that's something that we, that's, you know, been kind of interesting as we talk about this in general and just talking about how different nations and different countries throughout the world are just, taken aback with the love of basketball even more so than probably the United States in a lot of ways you know I would say a little bit but little by little it, it's it's been growing a lot with Australia and we start from the beginning like obviously like yeah Australia like developing but when they got their first guy in the NBA um, it changed everything however how a lot of these players, which I'll talk about that player in a bit, um, uh, what's interesting is that a lot of these Australian players, like, I could, there's probably two of them who have ever played in the National Basketball League, which is the Australian League, which was formed in 1979. And it was good. And then it fold, it fold, several teams folded because the, they didn't have the money. But a lot of these players, what they'll do is, They'll just live in Australia, though. Around high school, probably sophomore or junior year, they'll, trans- they'll head to the U.S. and play high school basketball. And that's how they get recruited into college and then go on to play the NBA, which is, like, one of the reasons, like, why this got popular and why these players are like, you know what? If I'm going to get better, I'd rather just play – and these American colleges and get myself better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, like, there's something to be said with, you know, a national league, like, you know, that Australia has, because that's what gets kids interested. That's what gets kids started. You know, it's like here in the States, we have little league baseball. You know, that's what gets kids interested in playing baseball. That's where their first introduction to the sport is, right? So it's, from, it kind of sounds like, you know, the NBL in Australia is very similar to that, is where a lot of kids or even, you know, adults, they get their start, they get their interest, and then they move forward, and they're like, well, how do I get better? How do I progress my skill set? And then they realize the best places to do that are here in the States, you know, and so they move, like, they figure out how they can get over here to good high schools or just places where they'll fit. And then they go from there. So it's really interesting to see how, you know, even in other sports too, that happens, right? So it's just interesting to see how players, they recognize that sometimes, you know, like while it's fun to play in your home country and it's good to be there, in order to become better, you sometimes have to move to a different area and just to learn more about, you know, the game and how to better become better as a player for yourself. Yeah, and absolutely. And obviously this league like the this the pro league the nbl has like don't get me wrong it's it's produced great teams but also um for the for a lot of these stars to make the move to elsewhere it helps like i could probably mention like joe ingles is one of them like he he didn't play college ball however after playing in the australian league i'm like you know what I need to go somewhere I can develop. And so he went 
Like, so he tried to go to the NBA, didn't make it, but he went over in Europe and played for Barcelona, and he got better right there. And now you've seen him with the Utah Jazz. He is someone that one of the big-time contributors for them, someone who's going to obviously shoot the ball, make the correct passes, but also someone if you're like, hey, if, if they're messing with the star player, he's someone that will come in and be the enforcer. Like, uh-uh, you, you want to mess with him? You want to mess with Donovan Mitchell? Go through me. And, and that has really shown, like, like, where Australia can improve. Like, if, if there's a way they can improve their league and allow not, not just, like, foreigners to thrive, but most importantly for local Australian product to thrive, then I think in the future they can, they can make some noise in, in the Olympics, which they were close in, in Rio. They got – they were awarded – they were fourth place. They were close from, the, from getting bronze. So it's possible. Like, it, it, really, it really can happen. Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we're seeing, you know, China's getting really – they're progressing, taking big steps forward, you know, they're, and becoming basketball powerhouses. You know, you have the former Soviet bloc countries that are also big powerhouses. Of course, you have the United States as, you know, the one of, probably the biggest powerhouse for basketball in the world. And then you have Australia that's coming up and saying, hey, we're here too. And obviously you have Argentina and some of these other big countries, right? But Australia, you know, they're, they're the ones that are making these big steps. And I think they were probably, their national team was looking really forward to this summer in the Olympics. And when, and now they're like, we have an extra year to prepare. Let's use this extra year. And we're going to, you know, take some names and kick some butt and just show we're here to stay. We're not, you know, just some flukes from 2016. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree with that. And but all of this would have not started if it wasn't for the first Australian player in the NBA. And this was this is Luke Longley. He became the first Australian player in to be play in the NBA and and obviously got yeah, drafted by the Timberwolves. But then his career took a turn for good as he was traded actually to one of the greatest teams ever, which I would say the Chicago Bulls of the 90s. Think about that. Like, five years, four years into your career, oh, I'm playing with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and now Dennis Rodman. All right. So his impact, I would say for the Bulls, like, he, he did his role of just rebounding and playing defense. And that helped, that gave the Bulls that toughness, that's identical that is that you can see in Australia they these players that they have they they're tough strong not just physically they're like they're built like walls but also they're they're strong mentally like they're they're not gonna back down from anything and and yeah he was someone that one of the big time contributors for that repeat Bulls team and and really got people talking about him in Australia like oh he's playing with this great team, okay, like, if he can make it, so can I. So he opened the floodgates for Australia to say, you know what, let's, let's have him play. Let's, let's develop more guys like that and, and start producing them from there. And he, he started that, and 
obviously when you play for one of those for one of the greatest dynasties well you're gonna get noticed and and even though his career, he only played for around 10 seasons his impact for the bulls was significant that like playing his role allowed the bulls to thrive and and all you and all you could do is just go up for as far as australia goes in basketball you know, we think about that Bulls team. We obviously think about Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And I think, you know, like, I think a lot of Australians are going to be like, but what about, you know, our guy, Luke Longley? And I think, you know, rightfully so, you know, he obviously had a major impact on that team. You know, he, he was, a, you know, part of that team. You know, everyone has an impact in some way or another. Everyone has a role. You know, they have a role to fill. You know, we talk about sports and we talk about the stars, right? You know, let's, we look at today, right? We talk about the stars of basketball, LeBron James, Giannis, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, so you have those stars and then you have the players that are built around them, you know, that are role players or players that are just there to kind of help support the team and be there to, you know, dominate in their own way. But obviously, show that hey we're just as good as these guys we might not be on their level but we're just we're here with them we're able to support them and help win with them and you know sometimes it takes a while to find that chemistry but when you have you know MJ Scotty Pippen and now Luke Longley you just realize holy crap that 90s bull team we really was like stacked there was no other you know way to describe it other than they were stacked you know any team with MJ was stacked, but like, just because if he was there, but you really need to have that supporting role for someone, you know, and especially in basketball, you can't just rely on one guy all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and really his, his contribution there was, was pretty significant and, and allowed him to take what he knows with the Bulls over to like Australia and now as he's an assistant coach like he's seen how Australia has been growing as far as basketball and ever since there like it's just been NBA players for Australia all over the place now like I could probably mention four or like five right now with obviously starting Andrew Bogut he just retired like, he was the first Australian to be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. Number one. And, and yes, he did play at a he, – he played at the University of Utah, but still, like, like he, he was a tremendous impact. Then also you had now Ben Simmons, who was becoming a star for the Sixers and possibly one of the contenders for an NBA championship and how he plays, it's like similar to LeBron. Uh, he has the same skills, but except no jump shot. And that's something we'll, we'll talk about later on in our, later on, but still like he, his impact has also created a lot of interest. Patty Mills for the Spurs, who has won an NBA championship, like Aaron Baines, another guy who, he now plays for the Raptors, also an NBA champion for the Spurs. We just talked about Joe Ingles, 
and his impact there with the Utah Jazz. So I see, and now we have an Australian player, Jalen Green. Uh, he just, he was just drafted from the, I can't remember what team he was drafted, but he came out of the University of Arizona and, and yeah, like he brings the background of playing, of playing Australian football and really he, he, he is a, one of those players that can make an impact. So like for, for having those guys, like Australia will, will continue to develop them, but the best way for them is through college. Cause like I mentioned, the, the pro league, the national, the NBL, like it hasn't, it hasn't quite gotten there yet, even though now it's getting some spice because now you're seeing these American kids, like mostly high schoolers, be like, I'm not playing college ball. I'd rather go play pro and Australia will take them in. And hopefully there's a way to balance between getting foreigners, yes, but also developing Australian players and and make them ready for whatever for either going pro or either in Australia or in the NBA or in Europe and competing for the national team. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think, you know, that's something that every sports league and nationally based, you know, has to figure out, you know, where, you know, they realize, you know, NBA is probably the best league in the world for a lot of players, but not everybody wants to play in the NBA, you know. Some people, they're just fine with playing where they're at. Some people, you know, are wanting to go to another level. So you have to have, find that balance, you know, and find the balance of, okay, you know, these guys are happy here. They're happy playing here. But how do we create interest with everybody where we're at, you know, because, you know, rugby and soccer, they're big in Australia. So it's, and so they're going to draw a lot of people. But how can we have basketball compete? And I think that's something that the NBL needs to figure out too, is how can we generate more interest in this sport? You know, how do we generate, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, cause that's what b- baseball's biggest problem is right now is how do we generate more interest in, you know, the younger generation, how do we get players more, more likely to be interested in playing this sport, you know, and that's what the NBL is probably facing down in Australia is how do we get players interested in playing for us or with us, or and how do we develop them and develop and curate that interest into growing more and more? Yeah, and really, I look at what you just mentioned. Like, I think basketball it has an advantage that I think, like, probably the only sport I I can compare it only has an advantage is soccer. But for basketball, what it celebrates, like, it celebrates two things. One, it celebrates the individuality. Like, yes, you can be your own guy in basketball. Like, you have an opportunity to, like, show emotion when you play, like, showcase what you can do, and even, like, be in a position to to really become a guy that wants to lead a team to win. And another one is the – obviously, the teamwork, like, the – the coaches, like basically, like coaching in basketball is is becoming at an all time high. But I think where it can improve in the coaching is like it's basically probably Kyle 
like having coaching coaches coming over and teaching the game of basketball like because now it's like now it's all oh i gotta shoot threes i gotta shoot threes but you gotta be well-rounded and i believe that that time will come and it's coming where now coaches we're like okay you know what i gotta help the player develop their game break it down like not teach everything at once but break it down okay let's let's work on our free throw shooting let's work on our defense let's work on on rebounding the more you break it down for these players then they're going to be ready and they won't be afraid of of like oh like they left me open to shoot a three i'm just going to shoot it and it's not going to go in but instead they're like okay they're going to leave me open i'm going to make him pay and that's when shots will be going in and the players will develop the way they should and it's just it comes it all comes down to that the coaching the australian players and they are they're someone that they're they're going to listen and and they're going to execute it to how they they want to play mm -hmm. and i think we're on something we're on to something here with coaching you know like I've been interested in myself into going into, you know, like kind of like a coaching role for like kids baseball here where I'm at, you know, mm -hmm. and, but there's some, something you have to think about when you want to go into that role is what kind of coach are you going to be? Are you going to be the, you know, the hard coach who, you know, expects everything to go a certain way and treats everybody the same way? Or are you going to be the one that's like, okay, like, this is how it is and this is what I expect of you and this is what you're going to do day in and day out which you know works for some kids but are you or are you going to be the one that's where you're just kind of like the friend coach you know where you're just like hey this is how you do it this is what we'd like but it's up to you you know I whereas where I think coaching really needs to be is where you need to be in the middle right you need to tailor your the way you coach and approach certain players to their interest, to their level of play, to what they want to do. You know, if they, you have a player that wants to be the guy that just shoots threes all the day, all day long, then you need to be, okay, let's get you better at that. And once they start doing really good at that, then you go, okay, well, let's work on this aspect of your game that you need to improve on. You know, you're doing really great here, but we also need you to be really great in this area. You know, let's say it's defense, right? And then you work defense with them. And then they start getting really good at that. And then you keep, like you said, you just break it down. But you got to start where the kid's interest starts because that's where they you, you start curating their interest. You know, they, you start developing them and you start getting them to be better players. But that doesn't happen unless you, you like, hit stick with one thing that they want to do. Let's say you have, you know, a player that just wants to work on his, like, layups all day until he gets really good at that, you know, taking it to the bucket through the paint, you know that only and he's not so good but he's working on it you as the coach need to go in and be like hey let's do this let's try this mm -hmm. you know and work on all aspects of that and then when he's really good at that you know let's say okay you're a guard we need you on the outside you know it's great that you can go in 
get that easy layup, but now we need you to, in case the shot's open and there's no lane, we need you to be able to shoot that three. And then you start working on his long distance shots with them and so on and so forth. And I think that's what coaching is all about. And that's how you develop and curate players' interest and skill levels. And I think that's what we're starting to see in the BNBL down in Australia's coaches are realizing that in order to have success with their kids and their players, they need to work on the individual aspects and tailor their coaching to each individual player. You know, it's a collective thing, but you got to tailor it to the individual players that make up your, your team. And that's how you spread that culture of success. Yeah. It's basically uh, teach, teach people by their needs, not what your needs are. And, and really that's something like, like you could see Australia, do well in the future like and and really it really goes to show you like coaching wherever it plays a huge role and and obviously like you meant like i myself want to get into like high school basketball or even middle school basketball so so really like it's great advice for all coaches that want to get in all the people that want to get into coaching like coach coach by the, the needs of the players and you create interest in Australia. That's how they did it. Create interest, and I think that would be the solution for them. Keep coached by their needs, and that's why a lot of these these players that we just talked about, Ben Simmons, um, Aaron Baines, um, who else am I missing? Patty Mills. They all were like, you know what? I need better coaching. So that's why they went to the U.S. and even had and they had success collegiately that so that goes to show you like okay i can take this to australia and go from there so i think the more coaching that there is in australia then the better it will become it may not be oh like the the nba or it may not be like europe period but it's gonna be competitive as far as like okay a league where players can come and play that I know I'm going to get the correct coaching, not perfect coaching, but correct coaching. And just, I know I'll be developed there. So that way, if I decide to go to college and play or go to Europe and play, I'll be like, okay, I know what they're running. I've run that before. No problem. So little by little that they're coming but I say keep it going with coaching in Australia as far as basketball is concerned. But still, they're, I think they'll be ready come for the Olympics because they basically return, have the team from Rio. But also, we'll see if Ben Simmons will play. I heard he, there's rumors he will play. If he does, then he's going to add another dynamic to Australia. Like, his vision as a passer is unbelievable. And, and I think you might see more players who have that skill set like Ben Simmons in Australia to, to play for the national team. And that could be scary in the future. Exactly. And I think, you know, in today's world of sports, right, you know, I'm more involved in the baseball world. So I'm going to go there for a quick second, like I normally do. But like, 
you know, we talk about small ball, you know, and how it's a lost art in today's baseball game. You know, everyone wants to hit the massive home run, the long shot, the moon shot. They want to get mm -hmm. that long ball. Right. But because of that, that's led to more strikeouts. That's led to, you know, a downgrade in pr product play that we see. And, you know, relating it back to basketball, everyone wants to shoot the threes. They want to get that big bucket, you know, or get the slam dunk. The small ball aspects of the game aren't as prevalent in today's game as they were, you know, back when MJ was playing, you know. And so we're seeing this change and where players like Ben Simmons could be coming to play is they're, they excel at small ball. It's ironic. Players that excel at small ball do really well in the league. You know, sure, they can do the long shot. They can do the dunk. They can do what they need to do to help the team win. But they can pass it. They can see the open lanes for a pass. They can see the open lane for the easy layup. They're not, I have to shoot this three, even if the shot's not open type player, you know, or I have to go in the dunk and contest it. Not every player can do that, nor should do that, you know. And so where, where we see players like this come to play is they do really well. And it's it surprises some people. They're like, how can he do so well? He's not a three-point shot great, or he's not a stunt great, but he's really well with these things. You can't have a good team without those things. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you can't have a good team without someone who can pass it to someone without getting it the pass stolen mid-pass, or you can't have someone who's a great ball handler be able to, you know, not be able to distribute the ball to create those open plays create those dunks or those threes for other players you know you need to have someone who can handle the ball and do a little bit of small ball and we see players like that actually really excel in today's game still yet it's almost a lost art for a lot of players yeah absolutely like and even with australia like as the as i've seen team like most of the u.s go small meaning no player taller than six like six nine or ten but australia just still have their big guys like i've even seen like several of the big men i one of them i think was 08 they had one of their big men play small forward whoa okay but it was interesting you know like it just shows the different mechanics that they're willing to try and adapt and and really Australia, they stick to the core, who they are. And and I think now, like, how Australia's playing as far as having big guys and also even in Europe, like, having big guys, like, I think that art is going to come back. Like, where, for, like, so for a number of seasons, it's just if, if you don't have, if you don't have a three-point shot, you won't survive in the league. But I would say little by little, um, just because of what's going on internationally in Australia, how they've done it, I think now you'll see the art of the big man come back. And like now it's like, yeah, you can shoot the three, but also you still got to post, you still got to rebound, play defense. And, and really that's how like basketball is. Like Australia, like I've always liked Australia just because they're big men, like they're physical, they're they're great passers, they're great down low in the post, and and really like the more they come, 
the better it will be. And don't be surprised if Australia, you'll see one Australian or two in the NBA each year and in the draft, especially. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's something we're seeing is players from all over coming into these leagues, you know, and that's kind of what we decided. That's how we started this podcast. We saw these players and we realized that people talk about them, sure, but they don't talk about the impact they're having, you know, and the way it's helping other countries realize, oh, hey, we can do something similar. We have players that are people that are interested in this, you know, and they become national heroes, so to speak. And that's what we're seeing, you know, and it's truly amazing to see. And that's what's really cool as well as we're just seeing, you know, players from Australia come over to the NBA, excel on levels that people didn't realize could be excelled at. And now look at where we are, you know, the NBA is one of the greatest leagues in, in, in the world right now. Yeah. And it'll only get better from there. So... I don't know what else to say about this topic, but it's it's a great topic to talk about as far as Australian basketball. And and really, all I can say about him is just, just fix it, which it can be fixed, and go from there for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot to say that, but it's, well, at this point, we'd just be reiterating things we've already said. So I think we're doing really good there. And, you know, I think what's important to realize is, you know, no matter what country it is, they all have something that makes them special in the sports world. You know, there's something that allows them to have a certain amount of success that other countries just can't replicate no matter how hard they try. And I think Australia, if they, like you said, if they start doing things maybe not so much differently, but maybe they enhance what they're already doing. Perhaps we'll see a great increase in the amount of Australian players that come over to the NBA as players over there realize, hey, that's something that's attainable, you know? Like they, we, we, it's been said many times, you know, you have to see yourself there in order to do it, or you have to have see someone like you there to do it. Clearly there's Australians in the NBA, so people can see like fellow Australians there, but it's a matter of can they see themselves getting there? And that's maybe where the NBL needs to improve. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and with that, if there's not anything else that you want to add to this, then we'll move on to um, briefly before we would close. Um, there's been some breaking news in the NBA where basically – it was just announced about an hour ago, if I'm correct. Yes, it was announced an hour ago that normally the NBA would do tests for marijuana every season. But because of COVID that's been going on, they've, they decided we're not going to test players for marijuana. And, and really, like, it's, it's a huge win for the players, for everybody especially. And now it's like they can focus on the game and and really it's pretty interesting what like the testing on that but now since now that now since that won't happen players can like freely use it obviously with moderation and and just focus on playing the game Mm -hmm. i think that's a part of it too but i also think 
a large part of why it was suspended is they're going to have to regularly test players for COVID-19 and players are like maybe more willing to, you know, be like, recognize that, Hey, you know, we don't, we, we get, you might need to test us for this, but COVID-19 is something that we're more concerned about. You know, it's more detrimental to our health. Let's worry more about that. You know, and the athletic article about it basically is just saying, you know, it's still developing, so there's more to hear, you know. So by next episode, if we know more, we'll talk more about it. Yeah. You know, and I think, yeah, it's good because the way people are viewing marijuana is changing in the world. You know, but there, if it's the league, it's going to change its stance on it and, and make it a non-banned substance in further years. You know, that's something that will need to be announced as more details come out, you know. But as of right now, it's still a banned substance, substance in the NBA. So that might – maybe they instead of doing, you know, the regular testing they do, they make it more periodic. You know, maybe right now it says there's no testing, but maybe that'll change as more details come out, you know. Yeah. Maybe instead of regular testing, it's going to be, you know, more periodic or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. You're right about that. And we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, we'll probably hear more details in a few minutes or hours. Maybe we might hear details in about a couple of days. So we'll keep an eye on it. You two, and those listening, you two keep an eye on it. And... And also, as we talk about it, if it comes out before our next episode, and uh, as we later post it, feel free to share your thoughts on it. What does this mean for the league and the players? And what, that, what will be the next step into, into basically not testing for marijuana? So it will be, be interesting to see what happens. It really will. It will be something that can either help the league grow or help it not grow you know it can have both negative and positive impacts you know so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on and see what happens yeah pretty much you know next week we'll be talking about you know kevin durant and coming back from injury as well as you know take talking about a few other topics we have quite a lot of of, uh, topics that we're wanting to cover in store we're going to continue this series of international sports and players that come over and we're going to be starting talking about the nhl and hockey and how different players came over there here shortly so stay tuned for that you know thanks for listening everybody and we're just glad you're here with us take care folks (laughs) take care